be time to hear the sleigh bells jingling and ring, ring, ringling or something like that, Scotty, because it's the penultimate episode of the Parkrun Adventurers for 2017 and we're feeling festive. We are. You dropped that bombshell on our listeners early. Only two to go, for those that don't know what penultimate means. Including this one. <laughs> well, pe- penultimate means the second last. Yeah. yeah. That's why I said two to go. It's really only one to go after this one. But we're only about 20 seconds into this one, so there's a fair bit to go on this one. <laughs> All right. So let's call. count it. Let, let's both say we're right. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often <laughs> when we disagree and we can both be right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, very festive. I'm, I'm super festive this year. We went out and purchased a real Christmas tree this year. After 10 years of having a plastic one, I put my foot down and we went and brought a real one. Does it smell like Christmas? It does. So but part of the reason why we, we've had a plastic one for so long is because Yvonne is allergic to pine needles. <laughs> oh, uh, okay. So you put your foot down uh, for the benefit of allergies in the house. Pretty much. I, I say confront your allergies. Be one <laughs> with your allergies. <laughs> <laughs> take take uh, um, antihistamines. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's only if you touch it. It's only if you touch it she breaks out in a rash. So if she doesn't oh, okay. touch it, we're fine. But the so she house... didn't get to help decorate it then. No, no. Well, no, she did. She was part. She was part of the process. She just she was didn't supervising. Touch, yeah, which is very good at. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great. The house smells of pine. Christmas decorations are up. I know what I'm doing on Christmas Day. So very festive. Excellent. So you didn't you didn't get it so early, although I mean, did they actually cut it down? Like, do you go to a place where there's like a lot, and they they cut it down while you're there, or was it already chopped and just waiting? Well, we're very lucky to live near one of those Christmas tree farms, but despite that, we didn't go there. We went to the local scout group and tried to support them, and plus the fact that they deliver it, so I don't have pine needles in the back of my car for the next two months. Yet. Uh, well, because this brings me to the whole disposal thing, because, and that's why I asked whether or not it was already chopped down. It, you you didn't put it up on the first of December, so you've given yourself like more than an extra week's grace in terms of it dying and getting ready to shed said pine needles. But how how do you dispose of these? I'm assuming you've had one before. I think you just leave it out on the uh, front lawn, don't you? And somebody comes and miraculously takes it. <laughs> okay. Um, I've never had a real one, oh, not not a proper, proper real one in Australia since I've been an adult. So I've never been privy to that. But I do know we had one when I lived in Scotland, and we lived in the third floor of our apartment building. And I think I don't know if it was a combination of being lazy or just you know it was it was too much work or. What happened? But we basically left it till way too late to throw out the thing. So even if you just walked, you know, within a couple of meters of it, the air shimmered through, and a whole bunch of needles would just like drift down. And we're like, oh my god, there's going to be a thousand of these through our apartment all the way down the stairs. And you could see the other people who'd obviously done the same thing because there were already needles in the stairs. And so we had this great idea that. Let's just chuck it out the window. So we sent Adam downstairs, myself and a friend of mine who had stayed with us. 
over the Christmas period. We sent him downstairs to um, act as the marshal on the footpath and make sure that nobody was, you know, three stories down and going to get hit by this two metre high pine tree as it hit the ground. And we hoiked it out the window and it was brilliant because when it hit the ground, it was like a reverse mushroom cloud <laughs> of pine needles that just spread all over the footpath. And so it was just a stick with all the branches and no needles left on it after it had hit the ground. But also we didn't have to deal with all the stuff throughout our whole apartment. So that's why I asked whether or not, you know, it's, I I'm, I'm, imagine it would be difficult with carpets and whatnot. If they get too dead by the time you want to get rid of them. Um, that's an interesting technique for disposing of your Christmas tree. Like I said, it's been 10 years, so I, I'm, my memory is not that fresh. But I think we'll try and do it with something a bit more responsible than that and maybe um, chop it up and throw it on the garden. We've got one of those chipper shredder things. so Ah, you can mulch it. Yeah, we'll mulch it. I think we'll, that's probably better than turning it into a missile. And, and the fact that we don't we don't have three stories on our house. <laughs> uh, mm. Mm. You, you'll find your dogs are probably going to have needles in their coats. Do the do the boys like the tree? Do they knock the baubles off and things like that? Oh, they haven't paid much attention to it yet. It's only been in the house for a couple of days, and outside of sleeping and eating, they haven't had much time to uh, pay attention to the Christmas tree. Just yet. Well, sleeping and eating is a rigorous schedule when you're a dog, isn't yeah, it? They're working up to it. Okay. Yeah. So what are you doing for Christmas Day? I'm assuming there's a park run involved. Well, of course. Of course. We'll be back at Westerfolds. That's that's one thing that is in my diary every year and one thing that I'm committed to make sure that we will have Christmas at Westerfolds going forward. I'm, I'm no longer the event director, um, so I don't have ultimate say over whether we'll do it, but uh, I'm glad to see that they are doing it. So it's Christmas at home. This year. And will you be will you be volunteering or running? I'm not sure at this stage. I'm sure, I think I'll be running. I don't, I don't mind the old Santa suit run on Christmas Day. I think I've done it three or four years in a row now. So why break with tradition and get really sweaty in a Santa suit one more time? Well, you've got to get your money's worth out of the costume, don't you? What about on the Sunshine Coast? Are we having Christmases up there? Um, Nambour Park Run is the only event having a park run on Christmas Day, so I'll be headed off there. Wes and I are going to volunteer and Adam's going to run. Okay. How come there's only one event up there? The other, the other events don't get permission or? Traditionally, council don't like to allow additional events on Christmas Days, um, on account of the increased number of tourists and people out using the public pathways. However, Nambour Park Run is actually on Queensland government land. It's in a, it's in a state forest, and they would love for more people to be using their facilities every day of the week, every day of the year. So they're always good to um, allow it, which is why Nambour gets to slog it out on Christmas Day, should we choose. It's a very important day on the Park Run calendar. For many reasons, one of them being the, the social connections that it provides for people who otherwise are very lonely on Christmas Day. But it's, I, I also think it's, it's a great way to prepare your tummy for Christmas lunch. Or it is. in our case, yeah, we, we do Christmas Eve. So I've got a belly full of uh, pierogi and, and potato salad and all this sort of stuff. So there are many benefits to it. And the Christmas Compendium, funny old name, the Compendium, um, but that's out now so everyone can check and see where 
that you can and can't run on Christmas Day. And New Year's Day for doubles as well. Compendium's got it all. What about on this Saturday? Did you uh, sneak a run in? I, I fear the answer, but I want to hear it anyway. <laughs> I did get a run in, and well, a walk this week, and I actually ventured off to a new event. I went to Warner <sighs> Lakes, which was my Nendi. No longer my Nendi. But extra fun because... I got to do it with my father-in-law who did his first actual park run. He's volunteered three times at a couple of different courses, but this is the first time he's walked to the event. So that was a bit exciting. Always good to get a new recruit out on the course. And did he enjoy it? He did, yeah. It was a warm day and uh, it would have been nice for a little bit more of a breeze, but it's a nice course there at Warner Lakes, so... We both had a nice time and Wes, Wes enjoyed the conversation, although for the last 10 minutes of the walk, he decided he was done and wanted to be in the shade and all getting fed. And the only thing that would quieten him down was me singing, which I apologise profusely to the tower walkers for, but it, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You do, you do. What were you singing, Christmas carols? Uh, no, we, we actually have a few songs that we've um, made up for Wes that we sing and and they're his favorites they're very repetitious and they use his name a lot and um they're the good kind where um you can make extra lyrics up as you go so yeah i was singing one of them we actually call the wesley song and the other one is it hasn't got a title but yeah i was singing those yeah i don't don't quite understand just give me a quick rendition I can't because it'll get stuck in your head and you will not thank me, neither will anybody else, believe me. I, I'm doing you uh, a mercy <laughs> by not singing to you. <laughs> Although I think we did we did mention, was that last week or the week before that yes. we were going to sing? What were we going to sing about? We were practicing. We were going to practice our Christmas carols. Ah, oh, okay. And I'm ready, but you're not, so I, we're a team. Mel, if you don't do it, I don't do it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, let's let's maybe revisit that next week. Perhaps yeah. we should have a whole bunch of eggnog or something before we record next time. For our final episode next week, it's going to be a bumper one. It's going to be massive. Episode 95 we're finishing on this year before we head off into our summer hiatus. Um, I'm already looking forward to it. But let's crack on with episode 40 episodes ago, or very close to 40, it was uh, episode 55, we had the plus-size parkrunner join us. Her name is Shannon Aitken, and she has been on an epic adventure this year, and luckily for everybody, she's back. Shannon, welcome back to the Parkrun Adventurers. Thank you so much for having me. I can't believe it's that many episodes ago. It goes very, very fast, especially when so many adventures are afoot. Now, Shannon, let's dive right in. I, I looked up your profile just to see how many runs you've done altogether. And congratulations, you just completed your 50th park run at Logan River on the 2nd of December. I did, I did. I teed it all up so I would be back home for my home park run and do my 50th. I can't believe it. So I've actually been to 37 different park run locations this year and just hit the big 50. So it's very exciting. That makes you a true adventurer, Shannon. 
Before we get to all your adventures during the year, when we spoke to you earlier in the year, it was all about getting to know you, but it was all about getting to know this dress and what you were hoping to achieve at the end of the year. Now, you had your dash in the dress a couple of weeks ago. Do you want to tell us what happened? It was an absolutely incredible day. It was absolutely amazing. 310 amazing people made their way to Logan River Park Run to dash in the dress with me. Throughout this year, I've lost 32 kilos. The dress finally fit in the end and I ran my little heart out. And I get very emotional thinking about it because at the beginning of the year, it was a great idea at the time. The last uh, Saturday, it wasn't so much of a great idea as I was putting it on, actually leaving the house in it for the first time. But I did it and I absolutely love it. As much as I hate that dress, I still love it. So the dress survived the actual run because I have costumes that I've run in and there's no going back sometimes from some of those runs. <laughs> no, the, the, this dress is like bionic. It's, it has stretched so much this year every time I put it on, but then it shrunk back down again. But uh, she still she survived and I think I actually might whip her out at the uh, – the first park run of each December and take her out for another world just to, to make sure that uh, she still fits. For old times' sake. <laughs> yeah, but good memories. And was there any chafing? This is the important question. <laughs> I wore my, my run faster tight, so I didn't have any issues, thank God for that. But uh, I, that was a, it's a real concern, but uh, it's safe to say I am chafe-free for now. <laughs> The, the people that followed you on the journey, did you have many that joined you on the day? I did. There was actually a lady who came all the way up from Melbourne. She was actually coming up to Queensland for a holiday to start off with, but she actually came up a day earlier to come to the dash in the dress. People came from Toowoomba, who I'd met at Toowoomba Park Runs. People came down from Harvey Bay that I had met at their park runs. I had that many messages sent to me from people who wished that they could have been there, just sending me you know, best wishes for the day. It was incredible. And so how did that make you feel, that you started this quest at the start of the year, all these people joined you, and then they wanted to share the day with you? Was it a bit emotional? Oh, it was very emotional. I cried, like, the whole day. I really did, even before the run at the run, during the run, after the run, when I got home after the run. Like it was just, it was amazing that that many people, you know, came to support me in this really stupid, stupid quest of mine. Um, yeah, no, it's just, it was absolutely incredible to see that many people there, that many people also wearing dresses, men wearing dresses that were there just to support me because, you know, that, they knew knew my struggle during the year, and they were just there to to you know help encourage me. And you know, I I did warn people though if they were to outshine me, I would run them over, but not physically like me running them over, but just my car. So, <laughs> and I'm safe to say that no one actually uh, outshone me. <laughs> running them over in your car sounds pretty physical to me. Yeah, it does. It does. But yeah, I'm not. I, I had to like clarify that I wasn't going to actually run over them 
with my own legs because I'm not that fast. <laughs> Keep park run the happy space that it is and just leave that for the car park. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. Having all those people come along and I know you you mentioned you get messages and things like that wishing you well, but does it does it hit home on a different level than the kind of feedback that you get to your online persona in terms of, you know, you, you write a blog post or you, you do a, sh- a Facebook post and then you get comments and responses and things like that. So it's actually seeing the people and interacting with them at Parkrun and especially on such a momentous occasion as this sort of hit home for you in a different way? It has. like. People tell me that I'm an inspiration. I hate that word. I really do hate it because I'm not. I'm just a person out there just trying to do my best. That's all that I'm doing. But to see these people who have written comments, who have messaged me, to actually see them in person, they've gotten out of bed, they got in their car, they came all the way there just to wish me the best of luck and and, and, and run with me, it's incredible. It really is. People have made friends on the on the on my Facebook page based on, you know, comments that other people are making. They're getting together, they they're going for runs. It it's just incredible. Never in a million years did I think it would turn out the way that it has. Well let's talk about what it's changed for you. You've created friendships within your group, but I imagine you've gained a few friends over the year. This makes me like really emotional because I did a post the other week about how before all of this I had like a handful of people that you could really call friends. I have met some of the most amazing and inspiring people throughout this whole journey these are people now that I can actually call my friends these are people that I can call on give them a call and say hey I'm I'm going through this at the moment and they'll be there to talk you through it there's people that I actually get together with now people that I get together and run with that I socialize with the the my journey that has started just from park run has opened up so many doors for me and made so many friends it's just it's incredible. It really is. And one thing I've so I've followed you, Shannon, since we met you early in the year, and I've followed you. Um, you've been a great advocate of Parkrun. You've been telling your story in the Brisbane media as well. So I'd have to say you've really got what Parkrun's about. How is that? Have people responded to the fact that you've you've got Parkrun? That it's not a run and it's uh, a social event. That's the thing about Parkrun. The name itself, it kind of, it does confuse people initially because a lot of people think I have to run. That's not the case. It's that, as we all know, it's a 5K timed event every Saturday that's free. That's the best part of it. But it doesn't matter what your capability level is. If you need to walk, you walk. If you need to jog, you jog. If you have the need to sprint, which I clearly do not, you can sprint. And that's the thing about Parkrun. It's inclusive of everyone. No one is ever left behind. And I know for a fact that after posts that I've written, people actually say, I didn't know that I could walk at Parkrun, and they have joined. I can I can honestly say hand on heart, I know thousands of people who have started, just even gone to one or two, that's a start, because of my posts and them actually realising that you don't have to be a supreme athlete. I think Parkrun Australia is going to have to give you a cut of the takings they get from people paying to run with us every week. (laughs) I'd be up for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
send you all all those recruitment dollars that they make. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so you've had some amazing adventures this year, Shannon. Can you give us a couple of highlights? Can you can you narrow down a couple of highlights? Well, my highlights are going to a different park run nearly each and every week. Tourism in park run is incredible. You get to go to different locations. You get to meet different people. As I said, 37 park runs I've been to are doing my 38th this weekend at a different location. Other things that I've done, I ran a half marathon this year. That's just, that's crazy. I ran 21.1 kilometres. I, I still can't fathom that. If you had have said to me at the beginning of the year, what were you going to do? I was going to try and run 5Ks every Saturday. I've only missed three park runs uh, on a Saturday this year and they were because one weekend I was doing Run the Rock, which was a fun run down in Melbourne. I did the Gold Coast Airport Marathon 10K and that was on the Saturday and I also participated in the Have a Crack Triathlon in Harvey Bay and that was also on a Saturday. Oh, yeah, and I'm a triathlete now too. You're a woman of many talents. I have to admit that a triathlon is not something I will ever go to because I would drown in the first 10 metres of the swim. So it would, be, it, would, it would not be a try because there would only be one event and I would die in it. <laughs> so more power to you for getting out there and, and, and throwing that into the mix. My goodness. So you've only missed park runs to do other running events. That's very impressive. Yes, yep, and I plan on continuing the same thing next year. I now getting out of bed at an ungodly hour on a Saturday morning is just the norm. And how has it changed your life in other ways? Like I, I know that for many people who discover parkrun, you know, it, it alters what they do on a Friday night and things like that as well. I mean, apart from obviously converting any conversation you start with anyone knew within the first three minutes to park run what, what else is different as a family we've changed my husband is now doing park run will is a regular on the park run scene um, I'm lucky I was lucky enough to be gifted a bob running pram at the beginning of the year so not only have I changed as an individual my whole family dynamic has changed and it's it's a real positive for us okay massive year for you how are you going to top it next year? What adventures have you got planned for 2018? Okay, so my biggest uh, exciting news for next year is I'm actually going to be doing a volunteer of Parkrun. So this year I was very lucky to have a company, Explosive Sportswear, make a singlet with me where I listed the parkrun locations that I was going to go to and I could tick them off as I go. I am going to be volunteering in all of the parkrun uh, volunteer positions uh, in 2018. I'll be doing that at all the different Logan uh, parkruns, so they're close to home and I know the people there as well and I'll be able to help them. I want to make people realise that volunteering isn't as scary as you think it is. I'm actually personally terrified of being timekeeper, but as we all know, parkrun is run slow, solely by uh, by volunteers, and I hope 
with my writing skills and my um, my want to, to give it a go, I'm going to make people realise that uh, it's not that tough to do. So I'm very excited. That's one thing that I will be doing in 2018. And another thing that I'll be starting is I'm going to be doing the A to Z of park runs. In Queensland, we're very, very lucky that Zilmere is launching. So we finally got a Z in uh, in Australia, which is very exciting. So I'm sure that there'll be people coming from uh, near and far to get that uh, that letter ticked off. So I'll be doing the alphabetourism in 2018 as well. Well, I have to say that first challenge you've set yourself is both exciting and admirable because it is something that volunteer event teams struggle with at every single event is is you know convincing people that things aren't quite as scary as they might seem and you know it's it's something we all encounter all the time so the fact that you're going to go out and advocate for that as well um is just amazing and and inside tip Timekeeping is one of my favourite roles. After run directing, it's the one that I do the most and I stuff it up probably 80% of the time and nobody ever knows because everything's fixable. Um, Well, with the exception of the battery falling off the back of the stopwatch. But you know how you get around that? We've got this fabulous new app and you can download it on your phone if you've got an iPhone and very soon to be available on Android. And you can play with it at home before you even get to parkrun. So you can completely practice in your own space. That's going to be some homework for me then. I'm happy to take that on board. (laughs) (laughs) but otherwise if you do just use the normal stopwatch it's literally two buttons and one of them you only have to press one time so it's very easy not scary at all I promise oh I know I'm just I want to give it a go and show to everyone I'll try and prove to everyone that you can do every position in parkrun like I know a lot of people love doing tail walker because all you have to do is follow everyone but I've come to I I, uh, got a list together of different uh, positions and one that I actually left off the list and I uh, wasn't really aware of is a vision impaired assist runner. So that's also something that um, I'm going to give as well to assist our fellow vision impaired park runners. Now, if you're going to go on the alphabet tour, that means you're going to have to come down to Melbourne, Shannon, because we've we've got the only J in Australia. Have you got some plans to tour outside of Queensland? Well, I need to win the lotto first. That's a bit of a problem, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, it is. So whilst I'm doing the, the alphabet, I may not get it all done in 2018, so it might roll over to 2019. But I'm really going to try my best to get to as many different places as I can. Um, I'm very lucky that I actually will be having a sponsor in 2018 um, to assist me in some of my quests as well, which is very exciting and different challenges. Um, But it all comes down to that almighty dollar. So if I can get down to to Melbourne in 2018, I will be down there, if not 2019. When you volunteer, obviously, um, only a couple of those roles also involve doing the five kilometres of the course. Uh, Do you have plans to do, you know, a run either before you volunteer or or how are you going to still sort of incorporate the moving? Because I imagine it's part of who you are now. 
so I, if I can't do it at the actual park run location, um, I actually go for a bit of a bit of a jog on a uh, Saturday afternoon. I try when I if I am volunteering to go and do it beforehand, but sometimes when I've got my little one with me, it's just a little bit too early to get him up uh, and drag him along that hour of the morning, and then afterwards he always wants to go to the playground. But I'm always finding time to to get my five k's in. Now that I've uh, I've also recently joined Run Down Under, um, and that's like the virtual run around Australia. And I want to clock my k's up because I want to get to the next town. I'm basically still in the main street of Canberra. Like I'm not I'm not moving all that fast, but I'm trying to find time to to get more k's clocked up. Well, you're just a hardcore runner. It sounds like now. From um, when we first met you, it's been quite a transformation. Congratulations, Shannon, uh, on your year and good luck for next year and everything you've got planned. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your support. Thank you. Some people cram a lot into their year, a lot of running into the year. Our next guest certainly fits that bill. Chris White, who is an Albert Melbourne Park runner, set off on a journey to run 17 marathons in 2017. And uh, we thought that's a good tale to tell. So welcome to the podcast, Chris White. Thank you very much. Great to be on here. Uh, 17 marathons in 12 months is a lot of running. It's more than one marathon a month. Yeah. Firstly, where yeah. did the idea come from and, and how did it all go? Um, well, I've literally just, just finished the challenge um, this last week. So, um, yeah, it's pretty fresh in the, fresh in the mind. And um, you've caught me at a great time because about an hour before uh, I get the opportunity to chat to you guys, we just passed the fundraising total that we were looking for. So, um, yeah, it's been a... It's been a hell of a year and um it started probably oh, when november um 2016 really i had the idea of kind of doing multiple events um rather than sort of training for one specific event trying to do you know three or four over the course of a year and then it slowly morphed into one a month and then it ended up at 17 and i think um yeah, it was just phenomenal, really. That sort of two or three weeks where it where it went from you know two or three runs to to seventeen, um, and speaking to the Baker Institute, who I was who I've been raising the money for um, along the way, um, was just amazing. It was just an amazing process in terms of getting the goal in in the first place, let alone actually trying to do the thing. Um, but yeah, as I said, I've just just finished up. Um, with a with a treadmill marathon um in melbourne in port melbourne um this past week which was i, I won't recommend to people um but yeah a, a very interesting experience over the course of the year for sure and um i've learned a lot so, i mean I'm a, I'm a running coach as well so I've, I've learned a lot that i know i'll be implementing with the guys that i coach um, and it's been awesome to be able to raise the money. Um, we've raised seventeen thousand um, dollars, or seventeen and a half. I've just just checked before coming on air. Um, seventeen and a half thousand dollars for the Baker Heart and Diabetes Institute um, along the way. So yeah, I'm I'm in a, a very good space. Um, a little tired, perhaps, but um, but ready for Christmas now. 
I'm guessing all the 17s mean, you know, it's 2017, may as well up the count to 17 and then raise $17,000. Chris, I am one of the rare people that really enjoys the taper part of a marathon training program. And if you've got that many marathons all in one year and they're relatively spaced out, I imagine you're either running a marathon or you're on the taper all the time. Is that how it's pretty much played out? Um, yeah, it's been interesting, actually. And that's part of the, the learning from it. I, I mean, 17 is probably one every three weeks, roughly speaking. Um, and I kind of went into the year thinking that I would do that. I would look for runs that were three weeks apart to give myself the maximum amount and spread it out as, as far as possible. But what I found was a bit like you're saying was that actually I was kind of in this semi-tapered funk really where I wasn't really training I wasn't really running and I wasn't really doing much of anything to be honest with you and then I'd go and run a marathon and I mentally I found that quite difficult physically uh, it wasn't necessarily too difficult but but mentally you know how you get those sort of highs and lows that come with you know preparing for big events well I was kind of on this roller coaster that I wasn't particularly enjoying for a while so what we did was um, I actually spoke to another coach and said, okay, what would, what would you do? And he said, well, why don't you try lumping some of them together? So, for example, have a six-week break and then do two marathons back-to-back. Um, and that, so I tried that and we did, we did, um, did three, so back-to-back-to-back, you know, one week after the other. Um, and then I had, you know, seven or eight weeks off. And that worked really well. I mean, physically it was harder, but mentally, which is what I was struggling with, um, I found that to be easier. I could kind of rest, recover, and then, you know, go through the rock, go like ride the roller coaster, so to speak, and then um, then train again for a bit. Um, and then if I had any injuries or anything like that, it would. I had enough time to kind of iron them out before addressing another block of, of racing, um, so to speak. So, yeah, it, it was interesting, you know, going into it with one plan and then sort of changing it up. Maybe it was, it was quite early on, actually. It was probably three or four months in that we sort of decided to change it and sort of clump them together a bit more. Uh, yeah, so that's one of the learnings for sure. I'd love to hear about your highlights amongst the 17 but I know already what's the low light, the treadmill marathon. Firstly, what <laughs> what were you thinking and was it as hard as I imagine it would be? Yeah. Um, so the treadmill is obviously the freshest in, in my mind. And um, it, in many respects, it was the hardest one, um, partly because I didn't expect it. And perhaps naively, I didn't expect it to be the hardest one. I kind of expected okay you know there's no hills for a start that's good um it's in a controlled environment you know surely that's good i've got all my friends and family around me to support me that's good um i've got as much as i can eat and drink if i need it that's good um but actually you know some of those things um kind of not backfired but weren't as positive as i thought they would be so for example i I thought the main issue would be me getting bored, to be honest with you, me, you know, boring on a treadmill. I, I didn't want to get bored. So I invited lots of people um, to kind of keep me entertained and have a bit of a party around it. And um, but actually what 
happened was that a lot of people showed showed up and um, that the room was really, really hot. Um, so in the, in the end, actually having all those people was was great, you know, motivation wise and atmosphere wise, it was amazing. But at the same time, um, you know, a lot of people in a small room means a hot room and not much air. Um, so it was quite difficult to breathe. It was um, it wasn't necessarily a warm day, but it was just warm in in the place where we were doing it. Um, so yeah, I mean that was that was in many respects the the, the toughest one. Um, I think one of the there's been so many highlights. I mean, particularly I think um, there's a, there's a moment that I distinctly remember. In fact, there's moments in in all of them that I'll remember. But one in um, the marathon in Alice Springs where. Um, it's an out and back course and I got to the, the turnaround point and the wind just sort of died and it was deadly silent in the middle of nowhere and there's no runners around me and it was just this really um, sort of quiet moment where I realized that I was you know slap bang in the middle of Australia and um, as a ginger palm in, in Australia I was thinking this is quite novel this is quite good um, so yeah, that was that was pretty cool. I, I really enjoyed um, the Surf Coast Trail uh, Marathon down in Torquay in Victoria. Um, that was for completely different reasons. There was a there was a king tide that day, so up on the beach, the water was really, really, really high, and we ended up wading, you know, knee deep, waist deep in in um, in sort of ocean ocean water. Um, for parts of the run and it's one of those ones where you just have to kind of laugh um, because it's so ridiculous um, but yeah I mean there's there's moments in all of them that I'll that I'll remember um, but those are sort of two or three that I, I kind of off the top of my head that I'll remember. I, I guess I was always aware that you know obviously the running calendar has a lot of events on it but I'm also a little bit surprised that you can find 17 marathons in one year were they well, they, they were all in Australia, or did you pop overseas to do a couple as well? Well, the original intention was to go overseas and do a couple, um, but no, in the end, I did them all in Australia. I went, yeah, all over the place, but um, yeah, all in, all in Australia. And you know what? There's some weird and wonderful events out there that we can all try. And, and so I did a few on the trails. Um, I did some of the bigger city ones. So I did Sydney. Uh, Gold Coast, uh, Canberra, Melbourne, um, and then you know some tra trail stuff. I did the Two Bays Trail Run down here in um, on the Mornington Peninsula. As I said, I did Alice Springs. So yeah, done a, a fair few. But you know what? Some of the really awesome ones were some of the smaller ones. So I did um, Lilydale Marathon. Um, did uh, yeah, did some some of the smaller sort of. Um, uh, there's an organization trails plus they do sort of urban urban trail running um did a, did a few of them so yeah there's there's plenty of choice i have to say though the later you get in the year so sort of november december time it does get a bit scarce um in terms of options for marathons which is kind of part of the reason why i ended up with organizing my own thing which then ended up being the treadmill marathon so yeah, December's a little bit tricky, um, but apart from that, yeah, there's a pretty good range. We're, we're pretty lucky. If you consider the kind of climate that we have in Australia, you can understand why it gets a bit thin on the ground for marathons toward the end of the year. 
apart from the dates or, or I should say what was the date specifically the major criteria that you were you know selecting your marathons as a result of or like what other criteria did you use to pick where you were going to run at any given time that's a really good question actually um I think I think it was two or three things I wanted to um you know part of the I, I saw this often as a, as a giant experiment um to see if I could do certain things so I, I wanted to be able to travel a bit more um you know part of the appeal um you know not only with with this challenge but you know particularly with parkrun as well as parkrun tourism you know going around different parkruns experiencing different um vibes different setups different people different uh, cafes different cultures all that sort of stuff and the same thing applies to this you know i really wanted to be able to travel around australia and take a look at some of these places and, you know particularly in the melbourne winter when it's miserable and cold here um, you know, I wanted to be able to get up to the Gold Coast or Cairns or some or somewhere like that where it was a bit warmer. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was a travel component. There was a there's a cost component. It's it's you know it's not cheap to do 17 marathons if you're paying for all the entries and all that sort of stuff. So there was a cost component to that. Um, and sort of linked into that, I did try and keep a fair few of the marathons around Victoria. But then once I'd kind of settled on those, you know, I'd, I want, I'd always wanted to go over to, to Bustleton and to WA. So that was that was one on the list. Um, and then I, I picked a few that I would kind of knew I would enjoy as well. So the Surf Coast Trail Marathon came in there. Great Ocean Road. I, I loved that, that run in general. So I um, wanted to do that. And then just trying new things, you know, um, Alice Springs. I'd never been to Alice Springs before either. So that was a that was a an amazing experience to go there um so yeah it was a, it was a combination of a few things travel cost um practicality uh, and yeah obviously the the date as well this was obviously a personal challenge for you chris but you're also raising money mm. for the baker institute tell us about that yeah. and what's the significance of raising all these funds yeah so yeah i mean it was it was definitely a personal challenge as well as a sort of uh, charity challenge as well um, the Baker Institute are based in Melbourne, but they've got um, a sort of a facility out in, in Alice Springs as well. So that was part of the appeal to going to Alice Springs when we went there in, in August for the marathon. The Baker actually um, sponsor the Alice Springs Marathon as well, which is, you know, which is great. So great publicity as well for, for that. So why the Baker? Well, I guess... You know, I've got a, a family history, particularly on my sort of mum's side of, of heart troubles, no heart attacks, thank you, thankfully, but, um, you know, stroke, um, angina, high blood pressure, all of that sort of stuff. Um, and my mum had always made us very aware when we were kids of, um, of the sort of dangers of high blood pressure and what that meant. So I kind of think it was always sat in the back of my mind. On top of that, I mean, I'd, I'd worked in public health or population health for, for a while, for probably 10 years um, in the UK, in Belgium and, and here in, in Australia. So I knew about some of the sort of community side of what the Baker Institute do around sort of tackling heart disease, diabetes, obesity, etc. And then, you know, on, on top of that, I am fascinated by, 
you know, the research that goes into the sort of sports side of what they do. So they do sports cardiology um, as well. So they get elite athletes into their labs and test them and poke and prod and um, find out what makes them tick and, um, and also look at their sort of vital signs in terms of their health. So, you know, it was a combination of probably three or four things. And then when I met up with them and we started talking about uh, the, the idea of running multiple marathons and um, in, the, in the first meeting we went from, as I think I was saying at the beginning, like we went from 12 marathons, I think it was, to, to 15 to 17 within the space of about an hour. Um, and, and, you know, they were the kind of impetus behind some of that. So, you know, the fact that the challenge is as big as it is, um, is, is partly due to me, but also, you know, due to them. Um, and yeah, I've, I've loved working with them. I've been in and done, you know, some, um, some testing in their labs as well to look at, you know, look at all my health and, um, my heart health and, you know, um, all the different levels and blood tests and all that sort of stuff. So again, you know, just trying to um, walk the walk as well as talk the talk in terms of, uh, of what I'm doing here. So, yeah, it's it's been good. And I'm really, really, really relieved and stoked that we've um, managed to get that $17,000 that we've um, we sort of set out to achieve uh, at the beginning. So, yeah. Well, 17 marathons is no small feat. Neither is $17,000. So well done. I'm sure the Baker Institute are absolutely stoked with the outcome. I hope so. Now, Chris, you mentioned it before. All these uh, adventures around the shop mean you can head to different park runs. Have you had a lot of opportunity to test some new events this year? Yeah, I've I've done a few, but although I haven't done as many as I wanted to, um, if I'm being really honest, um, I kind of had it in my head that you know, if all the events were on a Sunday, I would, I would go to the place or the, the area where, where the event was and then, and then go to the park run on the Saturday. But it often didn't, it didn't pan out like that. Um, it did a few times, but, but not all the time. Um, I mean, I'm a massive fan of the sort of whole park run, uh, tourism movement. I think it is, isn't it? It's, it's huge. Um, so yeah, I've been to a fair few, um, definitely got, uh, plenty more to do before I consider myself a, a proper tourist um, I'm very much you know I've done a lot at Albert Park um, Albert Melbourne sorry um, and a lot of the sort of individual ones around around Melbourne um, my sister thankfully lives up in in Sydney so I've done a couple up there as well Mossman um, was was interesting for sure um, so yeah, not not as much as I I want to um, this year, but you know, 2018 maybe that's the goal. I don't know. Okay, well we have we have a new question or newish that we ask all our guests these days. If money were no object, and you could park run anywhere in the world, where would it be? Oh wow, I've seen some of the stuff in um, oh was it in South Africa that just looked amazing so I think I'd go I wouldn't I'd go really abroad you know go um yeah I'd head to South Africa probably or there's some new ones springing up in Europe maybe that's an opportunity as well hey Chris I want to get to South Africa too I reckon some of their park runs look amazing um, oh, definitely yeah. a different vibe than what we experience in cold old Melbourne through the winter months yeah yeah interesting no I'd, I'd love to do that that, that sounds amazing before we let you go, if you, you're involved in the team at Albert Melbourne. 
Um, mm-hmm. Tell us, tell us how you feel about your home park run and being involved there, and what uh, the park run community has done for you during this journey, and just park run in general. Yeah, I mean, this, I genuinely um, credit park run with oh, an, an enormous amount. Um, I mean, I moved to Melbourne five and a bit years ago now, and I'd done, I'd done maybe one park no two park runs prior to that when i lived in the uk up near manchester and you know now we're at i don't know i think it's just under 150 park runs i've done now um and i you know i've I've met a huge percentage of my friends through albert melbourne um been involved with the sort of organizational side of it um been involved as a local supporter there um and you know, done warm ups and all sorts of all sorts of cool stuff um, there. So it's for me, it's like it's almost the first thing that goes in the calendar every week. Um, and I, you know, whatever state you're in on that Saturday morning, you try you do try and get there. So to me, it means an awful lot um, that that sort of community this year in particular, you know, everybody's everybody's got behind it everybody's asked me you know how am i doing how are my legs you know after the particular marathon congratulated um donated supported um this sort of 17 marathons endeavor as well um so yeah i i cannot speak highly enough of the the team behind albert melbourne but also um the the people that go there the people that go there are, are awesome and it's so lovely to see the the event growing i mean when i started it was maybe oh gosh 60 to 80 people something in that in that range i was i was actually finishing in the top five or six um and nowadays no no chance <laughs> um yeah there's some seriously quick people there as well as just a, a really amazing range of people um that go to that that particular park run so yeah as i said i can't i genuinely cannot speak highly enough of of it um, and how supportive everybody's been of of what I've been doing and hopefully it's you know hopefully it's inspired a few people to to get out and um and do do parkrun not only you know I'm always kind of promoting that parkrun as well so hopefully through the the journey a few more people have rocked up at Albert Melbourne as well no doubt it's a good one so you're on a good (laughs) wicket there thanks very much you can go and have a rest now Chris so I'm sure you've (laughs) taken the opportunity already but uh, thanks for joining us on the Parkrun Adventures this week thank you very much cheers the news crew has been busy again this week Lindell is out in force at Cleveland for a quick one and then we hear from Toc who visited a launch of a new event in the suburbs of Melbourne. First, take it away, Lyndall. Alrighty, Parkrun Adventures, it's Lyndall here reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew from Cleveland. Now, Cleveland is in the Redland Bay area, southeast Queensland. Um, it's kind of a southeast suburb of Brisbane CBD. So um, I've read up on the course description. Um, apparently, there's a surprise in the middle of the course. I don't know what that's going to be, but I'll report in at the end and let you know what the surprise is and and give you a bit of a report on the course. 
Alright, so I'm back at the start-finish area for Cleveland Park Run. Um, it's a mini roving report today. I don't have a lot of time to be interviewing a lot of people, but I have tracked down Stu, who's run directing today. Um, how are you going today and how did today go for you? Uh, I'm having a wonderful time today as ever, thank you. It's, uh, we've had a wonderful park run this morning. It's pretty warm. So, but uh, it's wonderful to see everybody really, you know, try their best. I get a lot of pleasure from watching um, our local community come down, run, walk, just keep fit and be part of the local community. So, wonderful day. Excellent. And are you a runner yourself? And how did you get into park run and run directing? Um, yes, I'm a runner myself, and I guess I got into park run like a lot of people. I heard about it. Somebody mentioned a few years ago when I moved in the area, have you heard of park run? And my answer was, no, I haven't. They said, well, come down and give it a go. So I came down for the first time and I thought, wow, what a, what a great opportunity to keep fit. But also for me, um, I enjoy being part of the community. I enjoy being part of something where it doesn't matter what you want to do, if you want to walk it, if you want to jog it, if you want to do it by yourself, if you want to do it with your friends, if you want to sprint it, whatever you do, park runs for you. So um, I enjoyed the running side, but I enjoyed the community side even more. Um, and just, yeah, I've been coming regularly over the last four or five years and, and I started volunteering and found I got as much pleasure from volunteering as I did from running. So I like to do both now. Excellent. Now, I have come across Liv a number of times around the traps and, of course, on the day that I'm here, she's not here. So please pass on my hello and all my best for her. And um, are you looking for any volunteers over Christmas? I'll give it a bit of a wrap, I think, because it's a lovely shaded course with water along there. It's a great place to come for summer. Yeah, uh, Cleveland, I am very biased here. So for anybody listening, <laughs> I acknowledge that I'm biased, but I really do think it's a wonderful, beautiful, peaceful course. So if you have never come down, come down and try it. Um, over Christmas, um, we've actually had a bunch of people volunteer today. So um, we are good for the 16th. I think we're pretty good for the 23rd, which is our junior charged part run, where juniors get an opportunity to volunteer with their, with their parent or guardian. Uh, but I think we are looking for some people on the 30th. So if you're thinking of coming down, you'd love to volunteer. We'd love to see you on the 30th or just come down and have a run or walk, whatever you choose to do. Excellent. Now, have you done the kids in charge thing before? Um, yes, I believe we have. Now, I've never been down there at the same time, but yes, we've done that before. So um, it's I know that last time it went really well and it's good to see the kids show their parents how to do it and get really involved in the spirit. So. It is great. It's a funny thing about parkrun. Sometimes you see the kids dragging the parents along, whether it be running, walking or volunteering, and sometimes it's the opposite. So it's lovely to see, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it is. It's wonderful. And as I said, it's all about the community. And uh, yes, I see many a time where I think the parent is struggling to keep up with their child. So but that's good because the child's keeping the parent fit. So it's good. It is. It's a great outcome. Well, Stu, thanks so much for talking to me today. And thanks so much for all the work that you do in keeping Cleveland Parkrun running. Pleasure. Alrighty, that's it. That's a wrap from me from Cleveland Park Run. The course here is, as Stu says, I'd have to agree, it is a beautiful course. Um, there's lots of lovely shaded sections. Um, there's a lot of boardwalk, Scotty. There's a bridge here, so that's one a tick for you. Um, the surprise or the, something different in the, the middle of the course is a, is a, is a hill. Um, on the way out it's a downhill which means on the way back obviously it's a bit of an uphill but it's not a technical hill, um, it's not too steep, it's on lovely beautiful boardwalk so um, 
and again in a lovely shaded area along Moreton Bay here in southeast Queensland. So um, if you're looking for somewhere to tourist in southeast Queensland over summer and, and Christmas, um, get along to Cleveland. Shaded course, lots of water, friendly community um, and, and a lovely, lovely um, spot to run. That's it for me. Um, roving report like the light this week from the Channel 5 News crew and I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. Hey, it's Toc. I'm reporting in for the Channel 5 News crew at the Marriott Waters launch. Big crowd gathering here. We've got uh, a sea of apricot and a sea of purple tutus. Quite a, um, quite a lovely looking course around the lake, two laps. And um, yeah, we're all lining up to get a start going. We'll uh, talk to a couple of people after we've run it. I'm walking along the beautiful Marriott Waters course around the lake with Amanda. Amanda's the Deputy Mayor at the City of Casey. Amanda, how have you found Parkrun? Oh, absolutely fantastic. This is something the area have been waiting for and now it's come and it's going to be my go-to place every week as I know. As time goes on, more and more residents are going to be here and being a part of this wonderful event. Health and wellbeing outcomes is what we're after and uh, I think this is going to provide all of that. It's an amazing community down around Marriott Waters when you look at the, the infrastructure and the facilities that are around here and just having this beautiful walking track around the lake. You know, it's a nice you know, two-lap course around, great views. You're looking over the lakes with all the water, water birds. Um, yeah, no, I can only congratulate Cancel for helping to get it going. You've had a really big input in it, so thank you very much. Well, thank you, but I, th I have to give some credit to Villawood. They actually <laughs> were the developers of this area and didn't they do a great job. We've got a fabulous local school, primary school, Lindhurst, and we've got these wonderful wetlands and these courses, and now we can enjoy parkrun and a beautiful so uh, aesthetic uh, uh, um, course to enjoy at the same time. No worries. Well, we hope to see you down at Parkrun a fair bit more often, Amanda. It's a great community asset. Thank Cheers. you very much. I'm with Justine, who's one of the co-EDs at Marriott Waters. We're sitting at one of the points where Justine's marshalling, pointing the runners in the right direction. Uh, what did you think today, Justine? How's it looking? It's looking fantastic today. Great turnout for the launch. Definitely better than weather last week that we had to postpone, so no, it's definitely looking good. Yeah, it's amazing. I think you've got probably what, 200, 250 runners out on the course. It would be good to see the final numbers, but... Um, Fantastic turnout. It's a lovely course you've got out here. I ran it once with Roger and we had hail and lightning. Oh, Today's yes, looking yes. much better. <laughs> Definitely an improvement <laughs> over the last two weeks, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, Justin, what's your background with Parkrun? Have you run at other courses? Yeah, I started at Berwick Springs about two, two and a half years ago. Yep. Um, then sort of moved myself more towards Frog Hollow. Okay, cool. Have you done any uh, interstate tourism anywhere? No, unfortunately not. That's it? It's on no. the bucket list. Oh, come on. Yeah, <laughs> no, park run tourism is a great thing. It absolutely is. All right, well, I'm going to keep going on my run. And Justine, congratulations Thank on you. what's looking like a fantastic event. Well Thank done. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your Cheers. run. Cheers. Howdy, park runners. It's Toc just reporting in at the finish of the Marriott Waters Park Run launch. We've had a fantastic day here. 225 runners, walkers, and in-betweeners all got around this very scenic course with two laps of the lake. I uh, was going to catch up with Emma, the other co-ED, but Emma's had to duck off for swimming. So we'll, we'll leave it at that. But this is one that you want to add to your list. It's a very scenic course and a wonderful group of volunteers. Cheers, park runners. Talk out. Hey, Scotty, I was a bit rude in the beginning of the episode and you asked me where I went, but I didn't ask where you went last weekend. That's Did you okay. have an adventure? That's okay. Look, I, I had an adventure to Studley, uh, which is always a fun adventure. 
and love getting back there. It had been eight months between visits. Seriously? I know. That's criminal. And I'm not going to let that happen again because um, I just love it. Studley's just just such a good morning. The the park that we run in, I won't carry on, but um, um, I had a, a lovely morning back at Studley. And I'm going to vow that my next visit will not be in August or September next year. But Marriott Waters sounded fun. Another one for suburban Melbourne to get behind. Yes, and we had Tok there, our Channel 5 news crew, roving reporter, and did a great job. And we've got one more launch to round out the year. 2017 is going to finish with a launch in South Australia at Ranella East this Saturday. Mel, do you remember the game we played last week where we went through anniversaries and if I'd been to them and I didn't perform that well, how about we reverse it this week and find out? <laughs> Let's go through the anniversaries and see how many of these events you've been to. So okay. Here we go. <laughs> anniversaries this week are one, Mullum Mullum. Have you been there? No, I haven't. Have oh. you been there? Yes, I have. I have. Wow. You, so you've done 100% of the anniversaries this week and I've done 0%. Yeah. Yeah. I really need to pick up my game. Well, I just thought that I dropped the ball last week and um, I wanted, wanted to correct to see it. see if I, I could catch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, it's gone like a lead balloon. So one launch and one anniversary this weekend. Uh, any, any Netflix picks for me this week or any reviews? Uh, reviews, I can tell you that... The Christmas Prince is just as terrible as it sounds, but in a very satisfying way. So okay. if you're looking for for something lighthearted and not very well acted or very well scripted, then that is your movie. Okay, so you went you went the Christmas movie thing as well because we did it too. Oh, did you? What did you yes. watch? <laughs> well, we started with Elf that none of us had seen. I watched that for it. the first time the other day too. I'm trying to get a new one in every day, but. You, you tell me what you thought of it. Yeah, Elf was great. Um, you know, Will, Will Farrow doesn't make too many bad movies and uh, we all loved it and we loved it so much that Kasha came to us and uh, wanted a, another Christmas movie again. And, yeah, it was scraping the bottom of the barrel after Elf. So what did um, you watch? Well, a bit of a confession. We started watching, I think, the same one that you did and didn't last long. Okay. And then, and then they moved... Then the girls moved on to something called Dear Santa, and I thought it was a good time to have a shower. So. <laughs> Sounds like a good plan. I did yeah. watch Miracle on 34th Street for the first time this morning, and that was cute. Okay. So is that, a, is that worthwhile? Yeah. In 2017, is it worthwhile? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Okay. Well, there we go. We started off in a festive mood, and we're finishing in a festive mood. It's, it's like we planned this now. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'll speak to you next week. Talk to you then. Are you a bit disappointed Mel and Scotty didn't sing any Christmas carols as promised? I am. So to make it up, the Park Run Adventurer in turn has stepped up. Here goes. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, had a very shiny nose. 
and if you ever saw it, you would even say it glows. All of the other reindeer, they used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeer loved him, as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer, you'll go down in history. Hey Rudolph, guide my sleigh. Hey Rudolph, guide my sleigh. Hey Rudolph, guide my sleigh. Hey Rudolph. Then one foggy Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, Rudolph with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him, as they shouted out with glee.